Welcome to Mystery House Stars and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama moving apartment cast. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say sin cast, but that sounds worse. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that depends on your definition of worse. Uh, yeah. So hey. We're still doing Shadowhunters. We're continuing on. The story is moving in a defined direction, I would actually say. Yeah, no, it is a defined direction. I guess, like, I guess I'm just so used to... I, I, I hate that we have to keep talking about Riverdale, cause, but it'll haunt us forever. Um, <laughs> Riverdale's kind of like weird meandering where there's a like kind of you get what's going on. We know what the plot is. We yeah. know exactly what someone's doing to the point that I'm like, no, there's no way that's There's a it. trick. It's there's- got to... There's no way there's only, like, three main storyline thrusts in this season. <laughs> That's a trick. There's no way there's a clear and defined arc where we know we're going. And though we do not know how we will get there, the excitement is seeing where we are going and knowing the destination. Wait, Kevin, we know who the bad guy of this... We know who the big bad is? I mean... That can't be. It's not even knowing who the big bad is. I mean... When we didn't know it was Jonathan, I would say we still knew there was a big bad. We knew that there was a shadowy figure, and that is still knowing who the big bad is. It's just knowing what everyone is trying to do and what they are striving towards. People have direct and clear character arcs that will not be waylaid by writing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is the way that we will describe it. <laughs> Because they are writing and we are talking about the things they are writing. Because, might as well get into it, this is Shadowhunters Season 3, Episode 12, Original Sin. Original Sin. There was like no nonsense at the beginning of that. I don't think we even said what this episode was about. I just said, let's just do the start. Okay, well, the episode starts with drama. When you move the apartment, it's hard on you. I mean, I imagine part of it is because Jonathan's not like... Lilith? Lilith. I mean, when she moved it, she just screamed, I think, because she was angry because those guys (laughs) got salted. Oh, yeah. But the move itself, I feel like, wasn't probably a huge amount of exertion. And when Magnus moved his, it was, like, kind of draining, but not this. I think it's because he's essentially... Moving someone else's magic apartment. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's probably because he's, like, jury-rigged into this thing. I, I, I imagine Lilith essentially left him the keys. Well, and he's, like technically her blood but only half her blood yeah so essentially he just like takes the electrodes and holds them until the (laughs) apartment moves to where he wants to be or where he wants it to be and where does he want it to be paris paris the part where he the place in the part where he said that he would bring it clary to i do like his sister always wanted to go there so he's doing it i i do love we learned that he had ulterior motives of course but I love that means the entirety of even last episode is because he had ulterior motives. And he was like, hey, guess what, Clary? I can gaslight you into thinking you always wanted to go to Paris. I think she did always want to go to Paris. Okay, I think you're right. But I don't recall this ever being said on the show before. The, the things that I do. Really? <laughs> like, not like a big thing. But I think she has mentioned offhandedly. That Paris is a place she'd like to go to. Man, this is the best gaslighting ever because it's rooted in truth. <laughs> I think it was when she was like going around and traveling places. I think there was some point where it was mentioned that Paris was a place she'd want to go to. Because uh, she's an artist, Kevin, and all the best artists were in Paris and Clary's the next Van Gogh. Or I'm just thinking I'm confusing her with Elizabeth from Bioshock. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> but this scene is mostly just two people manipulating each other. <laughs> Him being like, Oh, look what I've done for you. Look what I did. You're going to be great. Look at the Paris. And Clary's like, yeah, maybe maybe I'll give you a chance now that I stabbed you in the <laughs> neck and we both got hurt. Maybe there is a chance that you could be a good guy. <laughs> maybe I do think I should be with you and maybe I should leave this apartment. And yeah. he's like, oh, no, no. How could you leave the apartment? And she's like, dude, A, I'm on the run from the clave too. B, if you get hurt, I get hurt. C, I think I have to stick with you forever. <laughs> and he's like, cool, I trust you. Do you trust the, me? I, no. no. The, um, I mean, Clary, I feel like knowing anything about Clary, she'd turn herself in. 
Oh, immediately. Uh, barely not immediately, as we learned. No. Well, no. okay, but when she doesn't, there well, are extenuating circumstances. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll get to those. Uh, but we do have to check in with Simon and Izzy, who are heading down into the sewers. Aaron, these are not sewers. That's not what sewers is. This is like. a subway. This is a subway line. And they call it sewers. They even make a joke about like, oh, I heard there's alligators in the sewers. At no point are they in sewers. They are always in the subway. Okay, and I just want to point out the dumbness of this. So Simon's like, I got to go look for the oldest vampire ever. And Maya's like, cool, I can't go with you because I'm a werewolf. And he's like, ah, I know what I should do. I'll bring a shadow hunter. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I know he has no vampire friends. Like, the, I know he has no alternative, The thing is that it, it becomes, but... no, it becomes very, very clear that, I mean, I guess he did need, no, I mean, here's the thing. He doesn't need protection. No, he... He doesn't. He has the mark of Cain. He, le- he legitimately doesn't. So if a demon comes, and I, and I can't imagine, he's like, oh my god, I killed a round demon, which apparently looks like an alligator. Right? So, so no, it doesn't make sense that he brought Izzy. He brought Izzy because we need to set up something that I guess we want, that they're going to do now. Because we're going back to the books. Yeah, there's a lot this episode that's like, we got to get back to the books. <laughs> the... The thing that I wanted <laughs> to bring up, also <laughs> the whole bringing Izzy thing, like a long thing, is like, I guess maybe the problem is that, as we learn, Simon, for being like a very conscious and caring person, uh, the problem was the vampire might hurt Maya. Izzy can handle herself, is the, I guess. <laughs> he doesn't even care if like someone hurts the vampire. Okay, but he didn't tell Maya not to come. Maya told him. No, no, Ma- Maya was right. Maya, yeah, yeah. No. It, so did Simon just not believe Maya? He was like, hmm, there's no way my sidekick will get hurt. I, I think he just really does not understand how threatening it is to bring a shadow hunter to the oldest vampire in the world. Because Simon's not smart. Truth. The, and nobody for that, the oldest vampire will just kind of stare at them from the shadows. Yeah, okay. We'll talk about that too. Yeah. Yeah, there's some very confusing stuff that goes on this. But we have to check in with something else, which is Magnus. Magnus is up on his feet. He's ready to go. He's a morning person and Alec is not because Alec lives in the nighttime. Yeah. He's a shadow hunter. Yes, he lives in the shadows. Uh, he, he he complains about how we had to make breakfast and he actually had to like go to the market and like get oranges. He didn't buy enough oranges. And I'm like, wait, can you just magic orange juice? Because that feels... If you can just make food, like if that's a thing okay, you can no, do. No, I don't think they can just make things. And I don't know if I'm thinking of the Shadowhunters or a different magic book series. <laughs> but don't they just steal things from different places? Like, I mean, isn't that how the magic works? No, there's nothing in there's nothing in at least a TV show. You might be thinking of the books that has confirmed that the way that their matter interpretation works is that they shift matter from one place to another place. They just kind of hand wave over it. So maybe it's a different like, but there is a book series where if Probably. they like transfigure food they've just stolen it from somewhere else and they just like leave money behind right i I have never read that but that does but that maybe i I made that up maybe this is original plot tmtm i'm gonna write this book series i'm gonna finish what i was saying now but that does sound familiar okay (laughs) i have never read anything read a series where that is in it but that the idea of taking like yeah matter cannot be created or destroyed it can only be transitioned Shadowhunters is not that hard magic enough. That's true. To ever explain that. That's true. Shadowhunters <laughs> would never do that because that's making way too we'll, much of a we'll clear not- magic system. Well, well, also because I had mentioned that I gave them credit or like due for figuring out the shat the the moving. Uh, apartment affects pressure. I'm like, right. that is a cool hard, and they do actually some hard um. Uh, hard fantasy stuff in here, so I would definitely remember if they de- if they explained the transference of matter. No, um, I would just I, I he, him. I think the thing is that he. Do- I think that I think it is what he does though. Yeah. I do think he does not make. I don't think that's how magic works, but I have to imagine in my head when he's like, "Oh, did you know that like that you can't get enough oranges to make breakfast?" I have to imagine that he does just steal oranges from somewhere. Now, the most most important part of this scene is that Magnus has decided to make this a special day because it's Alex's day off. Okay. 
I knew you were going to bring this up because I also would have brought it up. I'm giving them this because that's just common lingo for you're taking a break. And like, Alec, like how else would you describe, even if you were a, this is your life calling, you're not going to do it. Like, Buffy, I would say she's taking a day off. Yeah, but I feel like every time Buffy tries to take a day off on Buffy, there's a whole episode about how she can't take a day off. Well, well, fortunately, that's not the, the situation here. Uh, because that because it goes right from them doing this into sexy sparring. But this time, it, it's very sexy. It ends well, with them kissing. Well, this time, because they are a, already a couple and they're not like two people trying to resist their feelings for each other. No, the sexy sparring can just go into sex. However, this scene does directly contradict last episode because Magnus reveals to us that he is a black belt in sparring. He does also say the rust is coming off. So he just has not had to use like physical combat. The person who, when he says also I trained under this person, he was also having sex with them, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Def- definitely that's what he means. Like, like he, he's sort of the kind of guy who's like, yeah, I got a black belt in martial arts to impress this person. But like, la- okay, okay. I was going to say, but last episode, didn't he say that Alec had to teach him how to fight? Yeah. And then I started saying that. And I was like, oh, wait, sex. This well, is about sex. Well, not only that, he also, and after they have sex, he's like, like you should get a different tutor. I, I, I would say that he still needs someone to teach him how to fight. Because number one, he's always fought as a warlock. True. So he's like used to doing warlock fighting stuff. Um, and, and two, like, yeah, he held his own in a sparring match where Alec didn't want to hurt him. I'm just saying he's better than I would have been. I mean, of course he is. He's got centuries of knowledge. He has skills. Yeah, but I'm a boxer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, this is true. This is a true fact. I, I, yeah, like you're how you're also a doctor. No, I've taken boxing lessons. Yes. Yes, like how you've also taken medical like courses. But <laughs> but if you but I would not say you're a boxer to someone who's a boxer. Well, maybe. Right. So, um Jace, uh if you remember last time Luke got a little bit <laughs> Luke has <laughs> got a little bit up, crazy. Luke has cleaned up so aggressively. Between last episode when he was like looks like he hadn't showered in a month, and he has a red string wall, and he's got a wild look in his eyes. To this point where Jace was just kind of show up, and Luke will be like, oh, hello, Jace. Welcome back. It's like Did last you... episode, Jace caught him before his morning <laughs> coffee, and now he's caffeinated, and he's like, ah, yes, facts. Because they'll pretty much discuss the same thing. Jace will mention, like, yeah, I checked the atmospheric readings with the clave, who I guess has better ones. Uh, but... But, like, this time Luke's like, yes, good, good, I'm glad you did that. Let's discuss this more. Did you find other atmospheric drops? Yeah, so they found so they found the drop in uh, the, the church is what they call it. I can't remember the exact name of yeah. it. Um, and then at the apartment building where Simon blew it up. And then they found a similar in Siberia. I, I at this point, I just had to assume that the sudden rise is not noticeable enough to be able to be detected because it feels like if they couldn't detect it like disappearing they should be able to especially considering that they know where it reappeared that's the thing they know it went from the church to the apartment and they know it went from the apartment to siberia so they should be able to track that But, but maybe just because of like the sensors that they use um the sudden rise in pressure is not as detectable as the fall in pressure. Mm-hmm. I didn't even describe that. I didn't need that. Just something I assumed, which I was fine with assuming. I just want to bring it up as something that I that I thought about. But then I was like, yeah, you know what? I trust the show enough to be like, yeah. Yeah, the show is dumb and I don't like their science, but they do support their own science. Yeah, I like yeah, I just you just you just have to accept that there is something for when it comes back in that is not as easily read as when it suddenly vanishes. And who knows, maybe there's actually a science fact where it's like, yeah, I mean, something suddenly fills the space that, like, ha- like that th- that happens like, a lot with the things. So like, like, the thing with ice, where, like, ice expands and it will break the thing, but then ice eventually contracts, like, you know? I don't know, something m- anyway. maybe there. But, yeah, so they find that it's, um, they, uh, that it disappeared from a place in Siberia. So they can go, like, check that out, see if there's anything in the area. Meanwhile, Izzy and Simon have gotten so deep into the subway. 
And now I don't know what happens. Simon, like, just says to Izzy, wait, hold on, and then goes sprinting what doesn't look that far. And then he pulls out the vampire who's like who in a- we have seen following them. It almost looks like he runs back to where the vampire was, where we last saw the vampire. Yeah, because he was in like a great cage thing before. Yeah, so it's like that he watched them as they walked by. They walked decently far away, I guess. because So Izzy, deep in the Izzy sewers will, that Izzy has never been there. Yeah, sewers. <laughs> that Izzy will lose track of him also. And then he'll suddenly go running back to where they were and grab the old vampire and be like, hold on. I need you to help me. And then the vampire tries to attack him. And Simon's like, no, don't attack me. I could hurt you. I have this thing on my head. Yeah. But guess what? The other vampire has the same thing on his head and it cancels out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, well, because like Simon tries to grab him again, which I think, I guess aggressively enough that then it marks off the, uh, yeah, I guess so. The mark, uh, but that also cues his mark. And fortunately, fortunately, that does not create like an infinite feedback <laughs> loop that destroys the world. Because that seems right, right? Because he seems attacks like him, should. which means he's hurt sevenfold, which means the other person's hurt sevenfold, which means he's hurt sevenfold, which should destroy reality. But, fortun- <laughs> but fortunately, the creation of this mark, I guess, dis- guess figured out like, we don't want that to happen. So there's a fail safe in here. Like, the Sealy Queen was like, I can't do that much math. Yeah. So if two run into each other, it cancels because I'm not mathing math. Yeah, she's like, oh, whatever this thing. We're just gonna, it's just not going to, we're just going to say no. Because <laughs> apparently it's very easy to put on people. So it does make a sense that she'd be like, yeah, no, none of that. None of that. Um. So uh, who is this man? Who is this old, old you, vampire you man see, with this he, mark? You see, he doesn't just have the mark of Cain. He is Kane. Ooh. Ooh. And we'll, I guess, return to that. Because uh, we, because we First, uh, jo- a very, Jonathan and Clary have to do a fashion. It's not a fashion show, but it does have the vibes of a fashion show scene. Well, I would say that, like, this is a scene that, like, is a good sign of how you do creepy one person is in love with another person that the show wants to make definitely to you as an audience is creepy. Because we talked about with Riverdale, the problem with some of the Grundy stuff was it didn't feel like the show, the the show kind of assumed you would already be on the side that this is creepy, which means that they didn't work very hard to show it. They made it like a very genuinely sweet, supportive relationship. And you were like, "Mm, so in this one, like, so Clary's got to get dressed. Jonathan, like, like you know does like the the look at her thing which the way this is shot is shot like you would do one because the two people oh no we have to change together is a classic shipping like oh it's a trope but they put a serial killer soundtrack to it which is all you need to make us be like oh yeah this is creepy. Well, and like Clary is like very critical of the clothes. And yeah. he's something like, well, it's all that Lilith left behind. So you should try to figure it out. Which, by the way, the apartment in the books that they get sent into, okay. all of the clothes are like intrinsically beautiful on Clary because Valentine bought them for Jocelyn. And that is like way creepier. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, this one is just a apartment that a demon queen made. Yeah, unfortunately, they all, don't have that whole thing. Instead, all the clothes are uh, fascinatingly attractive on Jonathan because Jonathan all, loves his mom and he loves his sister. No, I, oh, I like the idea that all the clothes look good on Jonathan because his mom's weird to him, and all the clo- he likes all the clothes on Lily because he are uh, Clary Clary because he's weird with his mom. He's also his fake mom. He's also weird with Clary. It's a whole bunch of weirdness. And yeah, reasonably us as an audience member can go, this is weird. But it is good for the show to be like, here's some music so that we make it clear to you, you should feel uncomfortable in this scene. And also when they change, Jonathan changes out in the open. And Clary's like, "Uh, nope, I'm going behind this uh, partition blind. It takes her her another. She goes halfway behind and realizes, oh, stepped out too far. Back I go. (laughs) So she also needs to hide herself more. So she turns her hair into Evangeline Lily's hair from Ant-Man. Yep. <laughs> she gives herself a black bob. 
And then we get uh, Simon's talk with Kane in like a weird torn down carnival caravan. Which is also in, in the, the sewers. No, the subway. At this point, I'm done calling it the sewers. They are on the train line. No. You can see lights in the distance and the train going to where they are standing. Yeah, but Kevin, it's wilder if we accept the show's reality and this carnival is in the sewers. I refuse. Behind him, there's a thing that says Metropolitan Stables. <laughs> he has a cart with a wagon wheel. There are way too many candles. There's like wooden crates. It's a weird caravan. Why is that? Why is why is that anywhere? Anyway, Kane is feeling real weird because he hasn't let anyone near him for centuries. Because uh, he just like it's so scary to be near him. He's so dangerous, but also he's very interested in a daylighter. Well, because you know, Kane knows that Simon's a daylighter, and Simon's like, "How'd you know I was a daylighter?" And Kane's like, "Because because it's daytime, and you came in from outside. What do you?" What? And Simon's like, ah, fair. Oh, I have yes. another question for you. Why'd you kill your brother? Uh, yes. So, hey, Kane. Kane is a vampire is what we get get from here. Yes. You know, Kane, Kane and Abel. Kane killed his brother Abel. Biblical story. Because Old Testament God is challenging. In, uh, in the original story, um, Cain and Abel both gave offerings to God. Uh, but then God, Cain... liked, God liked Abel's uh, offering, but did not like Cain's offering. And then the reading usually is like Cain out of jealousy yeah. killed Abel. Well, and there's like a mixture of interpretation. Some of them are like, oh, Cain gave God like the worst part of his harvest. And there's other ones where it's like Cain was a farmer and Abel was a rancher and God just liked meat better than wheat. Yeah, the, the I think the interpretation that you see that, that's most fa- favorable, the reason why, like, the, why this was done was that um, uh, essentially Cain gave him something that was replaceable. He gave him something like, that will grow. He can grow versus Abel, who gave him like the firstborn calf of a of a cow, which like you can't like you can't get another one of those. So that's like the reason. The, but the point is that is that uh, in the Bible, Cain killed Abel, and Cain was given a mark of some sort, yeah. and, and then ran out into the wilderness and had his own line, and then the line of Cain became servants for the line of Seth, which um, is the other son of. Um, until the flood wiped them all out. Yes. Yeah. But uh, in this, they, they have that the Mark turned Cain into a vampire. There's a bit more into it, but I want to, before we get into this lore, I kind of want to just talk about the fact Cain as a vampire is a thing that pops up in so much pop culture. Oh, tell so me more about it's this. It's so much. Like, well, do you, have you not run into Cain as a vampire before? I think think no because it's because vampire the masquerade has kane as a vampire the original vampire um there's a there's this film called he never died that had kane as original vampire the dc universe is kane not the sandman one technically he's the kane but he's also oh he's a vampire i I do know about the sandman yeah kane yeah well no it's like it's confusing not in the tv in the tv show sandman he's not a vampire because like that one's kind of based on I, it's comic book universally reset about a dozen times. Yeah, yeah. But in one of the versions, Kane is the progenitor of all vampires. Kane as progenitor of all vampires is a thing that appears a lot. Um, the earliest reference I could find to it is actually a George R. R. Martin book from 1982, which means it predates Vampire the Masquerade, which I think is the most popular version. Oh, that's of interesting. Kane as but. But that's the that means that's 1982 is the earliest version of a very common now pop culture thing, and I wonder for a while like why is that the case? Why why make Kane the like what Original what, vampire, yeah, what yeah. is it about Kane's story that like, suddenly makes him the progenitor of all vampires? So what I essentially I found while we're trying to like like look things up was that um, so Kane was referenced in Beowulf like. Okay. And in Beowulf, he's kind of referenced as, like, Cain is the father of all evil and misbegotten things. Yeah. Grendel. Like, Grendel is referenced as, like, Cain's lineage because of all those, because that. Yeah. So, hey, you know, father of monsters, essentially stuff. And then when you look at, like, the biblical stuff, uh, his specific curse is that he was, like, cursed to take no sustenance from the land. He could not have any sustenance from the land. Mm-hmm. The land he walked on was essentially would essentially become, like, infertile and salted. 
You know, when, you know uh, the thing when people walk by, like when Jonathan walks by and kills plants around him? Yes. That kind of thing. Uh, like and, a but, demon. But he, was, but he was immortal. So he could, not, he could not eat from the land, but he was immortal. And then there are some uh, Jewish texts. I think it's, it's the uh, Greek Apocalypse of Moses, which is like some uh, just like old, old Greek texts that talked more about the lives of Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And they claimed that Adam, or sorry, Eve had a dream that Cain drinks his brother's blood before killing him. And so that stuff can kind of get conflated over time. Plus, Plus. In, the, in the Christian Bible, it dep- it's the, the language they use depicts the earth as like drinking Abel's blood. Like the ground sort of becomes a character in of itself. Yeah. And you can understand how that gets conflated. You hear drinking blood, even though it's referred to by the earth, you know, Bible, like all, like all this stuff together. Plus, some Plus. Old, some old depictions of like Abrahamic God. That's like the Judeo-Christian Islamic uh, uh-huh. God would portray him as kind of like a like the sun or the sky. And when Cain was cursed, he was cursed to be forever hidden from God's like grace. So he can't. So essentially, like if you think of God as the sun or the sky, and him as hidden from it, he can't go into the sun. So it's a lot of things where it's like. Stuff. If you want a vampire thing, you can make it happen. Yeah, like, like, because at the time that this, that maybe George R. R. Martin was the first guy to do it, and he's a big old nerd. Same oh, with yeah. the Vampire the Masquerade people; they're big old nerds, especially yeah, yeah. with like Christian faith stuff. And you already have the vampire myth, so you read the stuff from like the Cain story and all these these like in, intricate texts and Beowulf, and then you think of the vampire myth, and you're like, those are kind of similar. Uh. And now we have a very common pop culture phenomenon of Kane being a vampire. So how does Shadowhunters, the TV show, make Kane a vampire? Well, they have to obviously include someone else. In this case, Lilith. The the demon we know who is not Magnus's dad. No, no. Lilith, you know, her. She we already knew that she was essentially Adam's ex. Yep. Uh so apparently after Adam left her for Eve, she got real jealous that he had two other kids. So she used her demon powers to put some demon bloodlust into Cain. I think she said something made both of them fight. I think so. The the wording he says on this, the order he says it in is kind of weird cuz he says like you know, uh, she used her demon powers to make me and uh, me and Abel fight each other, and then you know, picked up a rock. Before I knew it, so, you know, I you know smashed his skull and I fell upon his blood. And I drank it, that blood. Well, yeah, I drank that blood. And then Simon asks, "How'd you turn into a vampire?" And I'm like, just the order he tells it makes it feel like he drank the blood and then Lilith turned him into a vampire. Oh no, I think that's true. I know. I th- I think she had to have, like her thing was she turned him into a vampire. Maybe she turned them both into vampires. I don't know. I then I don't think Abel would have died by a smash on the head with a rock. Or she like I, so she I think reading between the lines she inspired the bloodlust in each of them yeah. and whoever had done the murder and done the drink would have been a half demon. Yeah, probably. Um, uh, so Lilith just apparently created the first. So technically, she's in many ways the the progenitor of vampires because she still created the first vampire. But she also did make him a daylighter. Well, that feels like that might have been a mistake. Yeah, it does <laughs> because, seem that way, doesn't because it? Because she literally was like, like, well, to punish Adam, oh, I've turned you into a uh, into a vamp into a vampire then he drank his brother's blood who i guess was nephilim what, blood nephilim. because you know that whole line okay but no the nephilim start from jonathan shadowhunter he there's no way he's the first of that bloodline he's he the first, first shadowhunter but the bloodline would continue back but i thought he got the nephilim powers from the angels yeah this is like the the child of adam and eve like that's that's got to be close enough to god so Jonathan Shadowhunter was able to become a Shadowhunter because he was a direct descendant of, of Adam and Eve via the Seth. line of Seth, I guess? Probably Seth, yeah. I imagine okay. that's the case. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I think that makes sense. I just like him being like, she's like, I turned into a vampire. Then he drinks the blood and he's like, oh, I'm a daylighter. And she's like, oh, come on. Shoot. It takes rid of all the disadvantages. 
what? And then, <laughs> well, then not only that, and then the one who got the mark from was the Sealy Queen, I guess, trying to help him because yeah. Adam was like, because she's friends with Adam. And she was like, oh, shoot, your son became a vampire. Let me help him well, out. He became a vampire, except for he had none of the vampire disadvantages. Well, I guess he wants to drink people's blood. I mean, yes, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but anyway, she messed that up yeah. because he just kept joining communities and then people would realize he was a daylighter vampire well, and then they would try to form a mod to, mob to kill him I mean, they just and realize, then they'd all get killed. And they just realize he's a monster. He is a monster. He, he had to spend a bit of time making vampires, right? Okay, but also there is a line. <laughs> there's a line of Cain. Yeah, he had kids, I guess. How? No, I mean, no, no. How, no, no. how does he have, no. like, loin babies no, here, if he's also having vampire babies? Here's what I would argue. No, there wasn't. You're thinking of the Bible. This isn't the Bible. This is Shadowhunters. True. They they actually, they they take what they want. We I would argue we should not think, because it's not common knowledge that he went off, had a bunch of kids, and then, like, you know, they all died in the flood. So I think we just, just in this world, I mean, we already have Lilith was involved with taunt with turning That's into a true. vampire Both made him a vampire I so I, I think if you read shadow hunters and, you, and, then, and then you go but in the bible i think you need to sit down okay well kevin just so you know <laughs> none of this nonsense is in the books yeah i i you assumed as such i mean i, I mean we i knew it was the mark of cain because you said the mark of cain is from the books but yeah, i but don't the, think cain ever appeared no the person who gives him the mark of cain is clary yeah and it's just like like a a a common term for the mark. Yeah. You know, what's it's that a, phrase? It's a protective. It's just a... Protective. Yeah, she like, she visualizes and she's like, cool, this will keep Simon safe. Yeah, yeah. She will, because she's getting her power from God, essentially. Yeah. So this it is the same thing that was done to Cain and she just didn't realize it was a punishment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Though for some people it might not be a punishment. It, it was done because for, for Cain it was done because essentially God was like, I don't want you dying early. So, but in this one, it's the Steely Queen being like, I'll, I'll keep him safe. I'll protect you. But she was wrong. I mean, now, well, admittedly, they might not know he would live forever. He was the first vampire. Exactly. So she may have thought, like, I'll keep you alive until, like, a natural death. Yeah, like, hey, you know, you're the last one surviving. We probably already knew that Lilith had messed with you maybe at this point. Yeah, probably. Uh, But the rest they got rid of. So anyway, that is what's going on there. And Kane explains, hey, yeah, you could get rid of it. You just need the rock that I killed Abel with. But also, it could cause your death. No further information. When, when he first said, "I was a, af- but I was afraid to die," I'm like, I thought he was just referring to he decided he would much rather have perfect protection. Yeah, because he does. He is he not he's a vampire, which means he'll live forever, and he has perfect protection. So I thought that's what he meant. But when Simon goes die, I'm like, oh, I guess something else. Um. Also, in this scene, Izzy like comes upon them, and Kane is very surprised that a shadow hunter is there, <laughs> which makes zero sense because he was stalking them. I think but... it was more surprised that she had gotten there, and I'm also surprised that she was so far away. Yeah, she should have been there immediately. All right. Um. Okay. We... Um. Magnus and Alec had sex. Yeah, we already talked about that. He but Mag- have... Magnus has got a schedule for the day. Yeah. Because time is passing oh it's yeah it's very obvious what magnus is up to he he's now facing his mortality which he never had to do before so we do learn he does not have his world he's just not a warlock yeah he is he, just he's a, mun- a mundane he's a mundane with the sight is the best way to put it meanwhile jace and luke arrive in siberia and they go to follow some tracks and they very dramatically run in snowshoes following those tracks. Yeah, but they find her hair. They find that someone picked her up, so they deduce that Jonathan is alive. Meanwhile, Jonathan and Clary are just kind of on a tour of Paris. Clary thinks Paris is so peaceful. Ooh, we sh- and she wants to go visit the Rodin exhibit. Ah, nah, it's too close to the Paris Institute. Which is the fourth <laughs> biggest institute in the world, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, no, as I, as I thought, Clary's willing to turn herself in. Oh yeah, yeah. She uh, she tries to like she sees a phone. I think she wants to. Like, we see we see moments where she's trying to escape. Yeah, but uh, she's not quite able to do it just yet. And so Jonathan takes her to a cafe to get her the best hot chocolate in Paris. Yes. And um, as someone who recently went to Paris, yeah, they are at a cafe that is like really close to a church. Yeah. 
And I can tell you, without a shred of a doubt, they are at a tourist trap cafe. (laughs) They are like being ridiculously overcharged. The food there is not that good. No locals go there. Well, yeah, but but for Jonathan, it means something because apparently this is like the first cafe he went to when he escaped Edom. Which means he he is just the person who went to a foreign city, went to the first place, and decided, "I discovered this." <laughs> the best thing is, it's a like, little, it's a well kept secret. Not many people know about it. I discovered it because I just escaped from Edom. <laughs> and you can tell it's a tourist trap because you can see the church right there. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he escaped there when he first escaped from Edom, all burned up and stuff. Apparently, Sebastian <laughs> okay. was there. So apparently, what he did, yeah. we, we have seen burned up Jonathan. Yeah, he just pulled a hoodie over his head. This beef jerky of a man. I mean, he didn't have a stele or runes, I imagine. And then Sebastian just like sat across from him and just like made friends with him. Actually, he might based on Jonathan's story. Yeah, he actually might. He might have had runes. I I have to imagine Valentine probably has to have had. He gave him a whole bunch of runes. They all got like got got done up under his burn ness. Because the other options that he that he gave himself runes afterwards, but, but I he think he hasn't mo- had that much time. Yeah, I mean, I know we saw him as a kid, and we're like, I don't think he had runes on, but he could have done them underneath his like burns. Well, no, I was thinking like I'm coming underneath. His oh, clothes. under his clothes. Not yeah. everybody has like a giant one on their neck. Yeah, which is a dumb choice, Shadow Hunters. By the way, if we haven't oh. talked about this for a couple seasons, don't put a ruin on your neck. I think it's not a bad place because at least it's easy to get to. I just I I hate how the show is like you can always see ruins. That's not how it works. I mean, yeah, but if we're go- if we're going off the base off of the that is the thing that they have decided to do. The next and not a bad place to get okay, to. Okay, but Alex like shadow ruin on his neck. His Zed ruin. Oh, you know what? the Zed ruin is the one. That's the blocker is the one that can tra- track you. He didn't never has to activate that. I guess ever. But that seems like a good place to put like a healing rune or something. Something where like it's not because you don't have to pull up your sleeve or anything yeah. like that. Uh, honestly, like, like, just, like, runes across, if that's the case, runes across your hands and face are not bad, because you don't have to, like, move clothes out of the way. Or, don't wear a shirt. <laughs> also that. <laughs> All options. Anyway, uh, Jonathan met Sebastian, and he thought Sebastian was so, like, wonderful and full of light and so great that he just had to for, steal his identity and lock him up in yeah, the apartment. Yes. I mean, I like how they just Do have it. Jonathan... Be a liar and a gaslighter, I think. <laughs> well, okay, so then... She- he, do- he does seem actively surprised at some times where I think he's lying. Well, and then Clary's like, what? So you liked him so much you had to kill him? And he's like, well, no, but I was just so sad every time I went into that room to give him his food and he gave me sad eyes. Yeah, his... His his pity act is very funny. I love, and it, well, it feels like an act, but sometimes it feels like maybe it's also. It feels like he's lying all the time, but sometimes he's surprised that other people are lying. Right. Uh, we're just gonna so they they keep touring. Uh, Jonathan. It turns out the reason that they came here is because Jonathan wants to get something called the Morning Star Sword. Which, if you guys don't know, is pretty much what their last name is. Morgenstern yeah. is Morningstar. It is their sword. I guess it's he's like it's a gift for you. I like it's it's so much all these lies. I love them so much. And Clary's like, uh huh, uh huh, uh-huh. a gift for me. Oh look, I see a shadow hunter walking past well, us. Well, she doesn't point that out to him. No, but she sees it. She, she yeah, she sees someone with the um the the tattoos and can. Despite the fact that she does not know where Estelle is, she does pick his pocket to get it. She does do that. I, I, the only reason I don't like that, even though I think, I guess that's the way we had to have it done. Why is she an expert pickpocket? Yeah. Could we not have done something at some point during the show? Could we have not done a flashback where Jace taught her, like, sleight of hand? Like, I mean, on. I mean, that would have been the majority. I think they should have just found a different way for her to get Estelle or for this guy to notice Whatever okay, was going on. Did she need the Stelle? Could she not have just had him stalking her? And could she have like he could he have confronted her with his Stelle in his hand? I think I think to keep her active, active, she had to have done something there. Maybe she maybe she could have left him a note. I don't know. What, what I just mean is that that just deciding that she can pickpocket is weird because she was an teenage artist from New. I mean, no, there you go. She was a teenage <laughs> artist from New York. I guess they all know how to pickpocket. Uh, um, so while this is going on, we have a brief scene where Alec and Magnus 
have emotions. It's it's just it, we already kind of went over that. Yeah. Magnus is trying to go so fast. He says slow down. The field might be a live message. Uh, Meliorn has let Simon into the Sealy realm. Meliorn. It's, it's a lot less blurry than before. They used to do a thing where they would just blur the edges yeah. all the time. I guess now that's not the case. We get a few like Simon and Izzy, are you a couple things? Because we know where they're going towards. And they say, no, no, no. And Meliorin's like, oh, cool. Well, I'd like to sleep with you a lot, Izzy. Well, and then Simon's like, guys like you so much. And Izzy's like, yeah, the problem is getting them to stay. Well, you like, haven't met the right guy yet. No, no, Izzy, the problem is not getting them to stay. No, the problem is that you don't want to commit to them. Yeah, every guy you date is obsessed with you. Which which Orin just tried to get with you again. I need, yeah, I need to be clear, Izzy. It is like, what? No, you don't want to commit. Like, I, yeah. I, you know what? No, this is on you. You don't, you have commitment issues. You are Taylor Swift. Hi, <laughs> it's you. You're the problem. It's you. Yeah. Why are we, why are we couching it in that? She has commitment. That's like her thing. Yeah, it's known. This is one of her key character traits. Izzy has commitment issues. And she could have just said, oh, they, they oh, stick around. You should be like, oh yeah, but I don't really like them hanging around. And so they're suddenly, it just feels oh, weird. They had a tree. Yeah, they way. like me, but they get clingy. Like I don't yeah. know, whatever. Anyway, um, Sim- uh, Sarah Highland is no longer in the show, I guess, because she, now it's the child Sealy Queen again. She was only, I think, the Sealy Queen once. Like she was a couple up. Ep- oh, maybe after Valentine died, it got back. It to went back the to child. her. Yeah, yeah. No, she was only Sarah Highland. For the time where she might be trying to hit on Simon. Yes. Uh, yeah. So what we kind of learned here, because remember, she had locked him out for a while. Uh, the reason that she's letting him back in now is because he's completed what she wanted him to do, which I guess was to kill Lilith and send her back to Edom, which means they just kind of all knew that Lilith wouldn't could not resist the urge to punch Simon. Which what's, is fantastic. What, once again, that is his power. He had no special other ability. No. She just decided, well, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to put the Mark of Cain on the most annoying daylighter I have ever met. Lilith will definitely punch him in the face. This guy is so punchable. That is, like, that was her plan, right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> and I love that. So, yeah. <laughs> So, but he wants to get rid of the, the, the mark. It's like, hey, it's going to hurt. You sure you want to do this? It's very dangerous. Do you want to be staring death in the face? All right. Well, let's just, uh, speed up uh, this a bit okay, more. So it turns out that Magnus can actually narrow down the locations of the apartment because of ley line stuff. Well, this is what I meant by I like this like hard magic stuff. They essentially said, oh, yeah, well, I mean, apartments essentially have to slide along ley lines. And because her apartment's like big... And, and powerful. And powerful. It can only fit on certain ley lines. So there's only like certain places it can essentially yeah. be because it has to be along those main ley lines. Versus like maybe smaller apartments can like, it's just like train wheels. Yeah. I, I quite enjoy that. So they're going to check those places. Um, And then we go back to Paris where Jonathan takes Clary to the place where he thinks he can get the Morningstar sword. Yeah, this is and- a- it antique turned, store. Yeah, and this antique store is run by a Veda's demon. But don't worry, this is not a scary demon. This demon is a part of the demon middle class who are just trying to like do things under the radar. I which what, I love. Yeah, I think he should have said this is like a, because the demons are always really like a hierarchy. He's demon middle management. Yeah. He's he doesn't want to like go up there and like, you know, ah, kill people and that's he just wants to very subtly make people do things like that are Wrong, I guess. Well, and he also wants to get those coins from a dead man's eyes. Yeah, that's something that I like about that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, he he he's the guy running the store. He's kind of like him and Jonathan have a bit of like a a tense like moment. And then eventually, Clary goes outside. I'm gonna go outside <laughs> because a shadow hunter can't be there for this negotiation. Yeah, I mean, hey, fair. Yeah, and uh, I guess like. I guess the Simon, ha- not Simon, I guess that Jonathan has enough demon blood in him to cover the nef- Nephilim part. Okay, and then Alec reports to the team that not only is one of the ley lines in Paris, yeah. but they got a report that a shadow hunter in Paris lost his stele. Oh, yeah, he had a report of stele missing, like a cop would do if they missed their gun. <laughs> 
And I just could not stop thinking that if this was the main cast and one of them lost their stele, there'd be like a two-episode arc where they have to get it back because they don't want them to get in trouble. And eventually, like, Gia would know and they'd be hiding from the console. So instead, but so this guy's just like, hello, my stele is missing. I will, I will file the report. I will write the stuff. And then I'll head right back out and see if I can find that person who definitely bumped into me. Okay, I want to talk about that bump-in thing for just one moment. Yes, of course. So, they forgot Glamours exist, right? Yes, because that Shadow Hunter should have been invisible. Should have been invisible. Oh, wait. But I have Cla- a second but option. But Clary could see him. Yes, I have a second option. Go ahead. He forgot that people shouldn't be able to see him. <laughs> yes. Because as soon as she bumped into him and the two of them apologized to them, he, he would have been like... You can see me. Just like Jace did in the first episode. But instead, they bump. He goes, no, no, no. Then he leaves and he gets back to the... to The, the, the precinct. The, yeah, the precinct because they're <laughs> cops. The precinct. And it's just like, wait, those two should have been able to see me. I was glamored. This guy's not smart. No, he's not a good shadow hunter. Here's the problem. It's the fourth biggest institute, which means most of the cops the, there don't have to do anything. The, the truth is, unfortunately, probably that they just forgot that Glamours exists. Because remember how I keep saying Magnus is just a mundane with the sight? Yes. I think they just forgot that as a mundane, he should, he should be not be able to see a lot of things. Yeah. But hey, we, we'll, we'll accept it through. Magnus just has the sight. Because Jay said to... Um, Simon, oh, you have the sight. When Simon could see the runes on the walls, yeah, the protection yeah. runes in the uh, the the uh, antique store where Clara used to live. So it is a thing, and we just assume that this guy is not very smart. Also, new writing staff, I guess. Uh, okay, so um, back in the antique place. Jonathan immediately is like, hello, sir, I'm Jonathan Morgenstern and Clary's out there. Please sell me my family sword. I mean, that sounds like Jonathan just being a guy who, who's like, it's my right. So obviously I should have it. This guy's like, no, I'm not giving whatever this Morningstar sword is to someone with your blood. I guess it's another powerful sword like the soul sword. And then Jonathan's like, but wait, I have demon blood, and I oh. understand that the shadow hunters and the greater demons both exert their power over people like you, so I'm going to use the sword to stand up for the little guy. Oh, yeah. No, once again, maybe that is John. Maybe Jonathan does want to upturn the entire system. Or uh, does he want to sleep with his sister? I mean, he can do both. Though. I, I don't think he wants the sword so he can sleep with his sister. I don't think he's like, <laughs> no. man, when I get this sword, I'll definitely be able to sleep with my sister. Uh, I also like when he grabs uh, Mirak, he does the supernatural, like, I mean, the TV show. Super, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing where their eyes flash black so you know they're a demon. Yes. He just does that. <laughs> like, that's never a thing we've seen before, I don't think. Maybe Jonathan's done it once before. I think John. Well, um, Jonathan did have black eyes when he was a baby, and he wilted those flowers. I guess that's true. So, uh, yeah, he kills Merrick. He goes, starts looking to try to figure out what the sword is. Meanwhile, oh, because the sword's been sold. Yeah, it's been sold somewhere else. Uh, meanwhile, Clary tries to use the stele, and fortunately, the guy just, like, immediately finds her. Oh, and he, he arrests her. Oh, yeah. And Clary... Fights against him a bit too much. I, I I think I was under the impression that I think she would not care about turning herself in. I guess she does. She fights against him a bit too much. When mm-hmm. when, when he's like, we're going to bring you to the Institute, she should have been like, yeah. Yes, I would like that. Oh, Thank you. 100%. 1,000%. 1, let's go to the Institute. Instead, <laughs> all she does is No, like, you don't understand. She yeah, reveals her hair. She's like, no, Jonathan's in there. Help me. You don't know. <laughs> No, Clary Fairchild is dead, and so is Jonathan. Dramatic red hair reveal. And then he's like, what? And then Jonathan just breaks his neck, and he's dead. Great. Like, oh, Clary, you should have went with him a bit faster. Yeah, just go to the Institute and then deal with it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so there's um, the ritual, which is not as dramatic as it should be. No, so they put the spear that they used to, like, brand it in a, in a spot, and then Simon just has to, like, Put the stone on top of it, and then it just goes into the ground. And then he keeps holding the stone, and the stone gets hot. 
Then he glo- is he holding the stone in his entire thing? Yeah, I re- I rewinded it because because oh. he had the stone in his hand and I was like, how did he get? That? I thought it. Oh, I didn't see that. I, I thought, also thought the stone went into the because that would make sense. That I guess it would he touches sense. it and then the spear goes into the ground. Yeah, and he keeps holding the stone. And then, then it just kind of hurts. It hurts for a while. And then the Sealy Queen tells Izzy that all of Simon's blood was drained out of him, and he needs mundane blood or. Nephilim she just blood. Needs blood. I, I bet even I vampire just, blood could have worked. He could probably even get Sealy blood. Oh, definitely. But none of them she are going to do it. She just want that. Yeah. Well, because it's a Sealy queen. Uh, yeah. I I really thought there was some point where it, where it insinuated that she was, like, not a new Sealy queen. Or like, no, no, she was, like, a not a new one, but she was, like... She was not the original. Yeah. Though I guess when Kane says the Sealy queen, I think that's just the title they have. I think she said my mother at some point. It's been so long. Who knows? Because I think that would... Because otherwise, this this person at some point was friends with Adam. <laughs> um. So his blood has been boiled away and yeah. he needs blood. So Izzy cuts her wrist and gives him blood immediately. But, he, but needs, he needs more blood than that. Which makes sense. If he's been fully drained of blood, he needs... All of the blood. Well, he, a body's... Well, not a body's At least worth, about, but, about half. And so then Izzy is like, Simon, bite me. And he's like... But my venom and your addiction. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Just bite me, you dummy. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, drink her. Don't drink too much. So you just kind of, like, watch this. And then I guess that's probably fine. Uh, Clary will confront Jonathan now. That's like, hey, so that sword's definitely like a weapon or something, right? If the sword is a sword? I, I like, so I love this so much. Clary's like, hey, so the, that sword's definitely not a gift. And then Jonathan goes, well, I'm beginning to suspect your motives. <laughs> so which means he's just a kid <laughs> doing a, no, you're ugly. <laughs> Clary also does this whole thing where she's like, you killed a man, a shadow hunter, a good man. And he's like, mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I loved it. It was good to kill him because he was trying to do bad things to you. You've killed someone for good reasons before, right? Um, admittedly, from Jonathan's point of view at this point, we should mention that the reason he went after Clary is because his arm got hurt because yes. the guy was twisting Clary's arm, which means from his point of view, I think he's under the impression that Clary just got caught. Yeah. And he saved Clary. Yeah. So, like, he's not actually in this moment lying. For a man who lies so much, it is kind of fun picking out where he lies and where he's just deluding himself. He does think he saved Clary from a bad shadow hunter who was going to execute her. So here's the thing. I actually feel like Clary should trust Jonathan because he believes what he says. Yeah. And so she has to trust that he believes what he says. Oh, yeah, no, no. And work with that. He is so... There's so much stuff that he is lying about. It almost frustrating how she doesn't trick him more like she did at the beginning when she was like um oh yeah you know what maybe i will give you a chance this would have been the perfect moment to be like you saved me from that shadow hunter thank you so much can i go for a walk around the corner maybe, maybe just my, to like settle my nerves maybe my leash could be a bit longer like come on claire you gotta play the long game i was trying to fight him jonathan and then you came and saved me like come on uh but that's not the case fortunately it doesn't need to be because at this point, Luke and Jace and Alex show up. <laughs> at which point, Jonathan <laughs> says to Clary, I knew I shouldn't have trusted you. Like, at what point did you? <laughs> no, he trusts her all along. No, but- no, that's, that's, what, that's like what I... What I yeah, oh like, yeah. But this specific thing had nothing to do with her. Yeah, Clary had nothing to do with them finding <laughs> her. Was, and I know he doesn't know that, but it is so funny to see a moment where she betrayed him and he's like, oh man, I, I saved, saved you. you. And then the moment where just three guys randomly show up having nothing to do with... Cl- Clary did not Call tip them, them off. I mean, I guess her stealing the Stella did help. But, but she wasn't doing that for which, that reason. Which is why I almost would have liked if she gave him a note. Yeah. If she somehow gave that guy a note and then he came. He could have still come back and been like, I don't believe you. Or we're... he was trying to relay information back to her well, or I mean, something dumb. No, no. I still think he still needed to do the thing where he um, was taking oh, her in. Oh, grabs her arm. Yeah. But, I, but I think that's definitely possible with him just being like, I don't know what's going on here. You gave me a note that you're Claire Fairchild, but she is dead. So I'm going to take you in. And he's just a rough police officer yeah. essentially like that's perfectly not reasonable but applicable it is here. What it is. so uh, anyway um clary helps with her own rescue attempt by stabbing jonathan by so stabbing he, herself 
Yeah, she stabs herself, and then he's he's uh, decay. I know, you know, You're saying you're you're trying to say that he was he that he was like stopped, except for he wasn't. I don't know why she stabbed herself. Well, he was vaguely distracted, so she could pull herself out of his arm. Yeah, I feel like she could just moved somewhere else because, like, she stabs her leg, and then they both stand by each other for a while, and then he runs off at high speed. Which means stabbing in the leg didn't slow him down or decapacitate him. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, uh, she was dis- he was distracted for a I, brief I guess. period of time. I, the fight director on the show is bad. Well, no. The reason she had to stab herself in the leg was so, Jer- so Jace could run up and sensually heal her. We know, we know sensually activating a rune to heal someone is a very big thing in their relationship. I have a question for you. Yeah. If Jace uses her healing rune... To heal her. Yeah. Does it also heal Jonathan? Yeah. And does Jonathan feel sexy? What? (laughs) Would Jonathan feel sexy if Clary was being sexy healed? Man, I can't answer both those questions at once. Um, The first one, yes, because that's how um, Clary was healed after he, remember she stabbed him. Um, uh, And as for the second one, uh, yeah, sure. So Jonathan goes to his home and moves the apartment. And it's hard for him. That's uh, good book ending. All right, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. For this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic forgot all of their high-stakes action and just had to mirror themselves in a deep, dramatic scene? I, I, okay. <laughs> okay, I, I'm like, really, I think, spilling what my CW moment was. I go do it. But um, so it's during one of the many Magnus and Alec scenes where Meg or Alec is like, Magnus, why are you running so fast? Why are we doing so many things? Oh, yeah. Things? Magnus taking photos very quickly. Click, click, click. All right. Next place. And Magnus is like, I'm only going to live for 50 more years. What am I supposed to do? But during one of these scenes, he's like, yeah. I realized I became mortal, and also Clary disappeared, and that really made me realize I became mortal. Died. Yes. He thinks she's dead at that point. And, like, it's such a CW thing where it's taking a thing that really should have, like, affected Magnus on, like, a deep emotional level. Yeah. But it's making it about the Magnus and Alec thing, because we got to have an emotional moment in this episode. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that he didn't really need... It felt more like... It felt, it felt, I think it's still CW, but it felt more like he didn't need to bring Clary into yes, it. Yes, it was shoehorned. His, it his, was super shoehorned his feeling, in. His feelings were still fine. Like, he probably didn't need to be like, and also since Clary. Like, yeah, but Clary, I mean, I guess you could argue that Clary died unexpectedly, but you could have died unexpectedly as a warlock. Your specific problem is growing old and dying, That's which is thing. not what happened to Clary. He's not... So he's always been immortal, but he's not always been unkillable. Yeah, because we've seen warlocks. He's not die. Simon. We've seen warlocks die all the time. Yeah. So like, remember the one that the Valentine? What was had? Ragnar Fell? Not Ragnar Fell. The other one. Um, no, I know what you're talking about, but I'm saying his friend Ragnar oh, yeah. Fell was murdered. <laughs> but yeah, no, because his specific problem or his thing is he's facing the fact that he now will age and die. Yeah, he has limited time. So bringing up Clary is. She warned him. I mean, I understand mortality, but it's not applicable to a situation. It feels like a thing because they're like, well, he's got to mention Clary. Like, I don't think he did. She's the main character. We might forget that people think she's dead. <laughs> yeah, it's a good CW moment because it is, in the end, un... Like, it's it's not... It doesn't matter, but it is weird. Right. Kevin, did you find a CW moment? Yeah. Um, with the That whole antique store discussion between Jonathan and Mirek is very weird because... I'm 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 gonna now relate to people who have not seen it what it is, and people who have. I'm just gonna point out the steps this took. Yes, they entered. Yes, Jonathan insults Mirik for a bit. Correct. <laughs> then Mirik goes, "Hey, I'll talk to you, but she has to wait outside because I don't I can smell her nephilim blood." And Jonathan goes, "No." Then Mirik goes, "Come back tomorrow without her." Then they're gonna shoot like hurt each other. Then Clary goes. What if I wait outside? Like, yeah, that was the original thing. That's what he asked for. What are you, what? ma'am? <laughs> well, that was the original offer that Jonathan already shot down. What? 
But when Cleary suggests it, Jonathan's okay, like, I guess. No, that's what I mean. Like, that's that's why I think this works is because it's not bad. It, this is good because it shows that Clary can essentially calm him down to an extent. But it's portrayed in such a weird way where she, like, offers. She's like, hey, what if I just wait outside? I'm like. Okay, what is going to happen now? Like, now that the Shadowhunters have Clary. Yeah. I don't know. Jonathan and Jonathan's in the wind. But but we know what he wants. He's trying to find the sword. So, I guess he just had... He, he was at the... He probably got something from the... Uh, uh, yeah, because he was looking through the books. Yeah, he was he was looking through the books before he left. So, I bet he has a lead. Uh, I, mean, I think he might have even taken them with him. Uh, like, he, like, tore off a page or yeah. something. I don't know. So, but, let us know. Like, what are your thoughts of this final season of Shadowhunters? We're over at Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA, at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. And uh, give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. Riverdale is gone, but we're going nowhere. So, help us streak up those charts. Streak. Okay, yeah, that's the word you said. That's the word I said. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna do my bit. Uh, you can check out my books. They're available. They're available at kevinweirbooks.com. And I'm over at flimsyplan.com. And we will see you next week. Why does Jonathan want the Morningstar sword? Will Simon and Izzy both survive the ritual? Why is the New York sewer a subway? For answers to all this and more. Join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. And eat fresh. <laughs> <laughs>